What's up, guys? We got another Behind the Birds podcast. Only two of us here for the post-game recap. We got me, Max, Eagles Intel, and we have Nader, who is Eagles.world. And uh, now we just watched a pretty embarrassing loss, uh, to say the least, I would say. Like, funny thing is, I'm not even that mad. I'm, it was just kind of expected. Like, they suck. Yep, that's pretty much the same place I'm at. It's just, like, this season is not fun anymore I, it was never fun but i i don't have any dads you know he's he's up he's angry he's he's still uh he still feels something about this season and i, I just do not i just every time you know they had bad play they go backwards fumble turnover it's just expected at this point and i i'm to the point where i'm not really i don't feel the ups and downs as much as i did at the beginning of the season um for anybody who doesn't know, we'll do a quick recap. Eagles lose 22-17 to the Cleveland Browns. No, that's not make it sound as close as it was. They had a garbage time TV. TV yeah. was 30 seconds left. Yep, garbage time TV. Uh, they dropped to 3-6-1. and one. Carson Wentz, 21 of 35, 235 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, five sacks, a 20 QBR, and a 75.3 passer rating. Eagles did a pretty good job on defense, only giving up the one touchdown. Kept Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb for the most part in check, minus one long run. From the Chubb, yeah, up. the Chubb had one 54-yard run. That was really the only big play for the Browns, honestly. They yeah. won, I think they won big pass. Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about the game really quickly, the defense played quite well, actually. The defensive line was strong. Uh, there were a lot of pressures. Um, let me see how many sacks we had. I'm pulling it up right now. It looks like three total sacks, one from Singleton, one from Josh Sweat, one from Fletcher Cox. which was Sweat should be sack. starting for this team, by the way, not Derek Barnett. Yeah, I think Barnett's been good this year. I, I, I just, you know what? I, I just like Barnett's the defensive been, line. Barnett's big problems is he jumps off height so often. Yeah, it's he's hard not again today. at all. And at the beginning of his career, he had a lot of uh, personal foul penalties. He just not yeah, a player. Yeah, I do remember player. that. Yeah. Uh, so the defensive line played well. Really, the only bright spot of the game. The the, the secondary is not good, but it, it's you know you can mask that when the defensive line is getting pressure. Um, Singleton played a good game at linebacker. It looks like that position's sort of stabilized. So the, since they're not relying yeah, on Nate notice Gary how they haven't much. had Nate Gary been yeah. on the field in what has he been out for what two weeks now? Three weeks? Two or three weeks he's been on IR. Yeah. Uh, in the receiving side on the offense, complete disaster. Richard uh, Richard Rogers somehow the focal point of this offense. Dallas Goddard five for seventy seven on six targets and a touchdown. Pretty good. Most of that in garbage time. Jalen Rager, four for 52. I think a couple of those were in garbage time. The real story, though, to me, Travis Fulgham, second week with one catch for eight yards, seven targets, but only had one target through the first three quarters of the game, and that was a back shoulder fade with Denzel Ward on him, and Ward played the play perfectly, broke up the pass. The second target to Fulgham was in the dirt that he couldn't hang on. The third one was the catch, and I think the fourth one was when he was diving in the corner. Fulgham is there was one one on one with Denzel Ward was 50-50 ball that Ward or Fulgham just couldn't. Oh, was that was that the yeah? There was one in triple coverage that he was clearly interfered on. I I think Fulgham has been fine. He has not been playing the way he did at the beginning of the year, but then again, he's not been getting targeted or passes that are really like catchable. So I don't, you know, what they should do with Fulgham is what they've been avoiding doing all season, which is just. When he's one on one against a, a bad corner, just throw him a jump ball or throw him a slant or or like the same way you used Alshon Jeffrey when he was here. Just do that with Travis Fulgham because he's just Alshon Jeffrey from four years ago, except he's a little bit more agile and he's not as injury prone. Like I don't, 
the reliance on Richard Rodgers as a primary, you know, focal point of your offense. I just think that's funny. And you're like force feeding Jalen Rager, who hasn't really done it on like crossing patterns, not even getting the ball in his hands with space. Just throw the ball to Travis. He was the best wide receiver in the league over the course of like three, four weeks in a row. He had like 150 yards. Like, I don't, it's really crazy that this guy's disappeared from the offense until the fourth quarter when the game's out of reach. They're throwing him like impossible to catch targets in triple coverage. Like, I don't, so. Fulgham had a, you know, had a quiet game. The offense uh, was just terrible today. Like, there's no other way to yeah, say it. They were, this Sanders, might have been the worst offensive game of the year. Yeah, yeah. They would, have had the, they would have had the least points they've had all year, uh, except for that garbage time touchdown. Uh, on offense, uh, the running game looked good in the first half, completely disappeared in the second half. Miles, Miles Sanders, Sanders had two carries in the second half. 14 were carries in the first half, and he was doing very well. The, besides yeah. the fumble, he was doing very well. But then he had two carries in the second half too. yeah and and the fumble is interesting because you know it was raining he already has trouble holding on to the ball this just looked like you know he gets hit in a bad spot the ball is wet it's raining not much you can do about it terrible spot he should hold on to the ball but you know he had a fine game i boston scott looks like he's got a little bit of juice especially in the passing game so that's nice eagles were two of 12 on third down they now have uh they're now two of 19 in the last two weeks on third down um I think they picked up four, two fourth downs on the last drive of the game. Uh, had a terrible onside kick that, you know, that's just nitpicky at this point. Who cares? A couple of bad penalties, a couple of, I think, three or four offsides penalties. Uh, and just yeah, overall, they had a few neutral zone infractions. Yeah. Overall, the offense was a tire fire. The defense played quite well, but not well enough. Uh, you know, 22 points, seven of that, actually nine of that comes from the offense. So the defense gave up what, what is that? 13 points. It was a touchdown. Carson got safety. And then, yeah. It was was the touchdown that they gave up to Kareem hunt and two Cody Parkey field goals. They give up, uh, 13 points on the day, which is a really good performance. Not bad at all. Defense has like a pretty, pretty solid offense. Like Baker, don't get me wrong. It's not very good, but like like Jarvis Landry, the running backs are obviously really good. Awesome. Yeah. Landry was quiet today. Very quiet. Actually do David Darius. Like I I, look, the defense is fine. This is a passable, like league average defense. They they, they could play a playoff game with this defense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And, and when, when the defense is clicking and when Fletcher Cox is playing like a, like an all pro, like he did today, he played very well today. The nice uh, strip sack. Yep, and and Barnett and Graham when they're on with Josh Sweat, Hargrave, Milt Jackson, that's a strong defensive line. Singleton playing fine. You know the defenses are going to keep picking on Jalen Mills, Avante Maddox, Craven. Jalen Mills, I will say that Jalen Mills looked terrible today. And Avante Maddox, yeah, they, they just get better. picked on because they have these undersized corners. And and, and going back to Howie Roseman for a second, and we'll, we'll get into all of the big picture stuff in a minute. But um, this offseason, all you did to address the cornerback position was trade for Darius Slay, who's thirty years old. They moved Jalen Mills from cornerback to safety to fill Malcolm Jenkins' role. So, so you know, the loss of Jenkins is a downgrade to Mills at safety. You don't do anything to replace Mills at cornerback besides uh, Slay. So really what you had here was an upgrade at one position and nothing done to improve the rest of the core. They signed Nikel Roby Coleman and took like six victory laps, calling this guy top five slot core in the league. He's been terrible. So it's funny because he really was good before this year. Yeah, it is crazy that he, he has underperformed quite a bit. But look, we're getting into this as well. The, the free agent signings have been a disaster. And 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 even worse than that, it's like how he signed old guys to try and win now. And yeah, it's not working for yep, him. Yep. Yep. And, and overpaid a lot of them, too. And and so when, when you're really looking at it, you know, 
they were went into the season and they were planning on starting Avante Maddox at, at second cornerback. The dude is what? I think he's 5'11". Like, how are we having every year it's the same problem with the undersized cornerbacks who have proved they're not out. Maddox is 5'9". I mean, like 5'9", at, at outside corner. These guys have proved they're not, not, not able to start at outside corner. They have three slot corners on the roster with Roby Coleman, Maddox, and LeBlanc. And one outside cornerback, Darius Slay, who's 30 years old and making a lot of money in the next couple of years. So the secondary is fine. It's average. They mask all those problems when the defensive line is playing well, like they did today. Uh, and in the rain, it's okay. But ultimately, you know, the defense is fine. It's not good enough to carry you. And the offense stinks. And so you get results like you do today. So, you know, that's a quick recap, recap of the game. Um, Wentz played awful. Uh, I, 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 everyone knows me. I've always been a Carson Wentz supporter. I, since the day we traded up to, I think we all were. Yeah. 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 And I've supported him throughout the years when he's gotten injured, had had good games and stuff, even last year when he wasn't good. But I, I generally think it might be time to start, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Hurts. So, cause so they're about to go into a very hard four game stretch. Like just look at ahead. They have Seattle, then Green Bay, then New Orleans. And New Orleans is supposed to have Drew Brees back for that game. It's unclear, but as of right now, that's the week he's supposed to come off IR. And then you have Arizona after that. That's four really hard games, four playoff teams. Yeah, you're going to lose all four. I, I have oh, no 100%. confidence they're going to win any of those games. Yeah, they can't beat the Browns, losses. they can't They'll beat the be, Giants. You're yeah. losing all four of those games. So I actually will get into this in a second. Let's start with Wentz. Um, Doug Peterson comes out in the post-game press conference. By the way, he looks terrible in these press conferences. He offers nothing. He, he really is just incredibly boring. He doesn't like, you know, he, he doesn't answer any questions. He doesn't no confidence in his own answers. It's, it's really embarrassing. So Peterson comes out there and they ask him if Bo Wolf starts the press conference and he says, you know, did you ever consider pulling once? The answer is no. Then later in the press conference, McLean asks him, like, you know, I forget who asked him, actually. Somebody is like, is Carson Wentz starting on Monday, Monday night, which is when they play Seattle? Peterson's, like, shocked by this question. He's like, I can't believe anybody would ask this question. He's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, he's our quarterback, right? Okay, let's unpack this statement. Peterson says it would be it would send a wrong message to the team if we bench Carson Wentz. It would indicate the season were over. Okay. This is ridiculous. You drafted Jalen Hurts. Over, let's be honest. Yeah. If you first make of all, the playoffs, you're getting killed first game. Yeah. All those players know it. First of all, their win percentage is 350, right? They, they've lost 65% of their games. They're 3 6 and 1. They're about to get slaughtered in the next four games. They're going to be 3 10 and 1. You drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. In any other position on the field, putting a second round pick on the field is expected. This guy's drafted in the second round. And, you, and you've been spinning this Taysom Hill on steroids package. He gets one snap a game. It's a read option every single game. And you, you draft Taysom this Hill got to throw the ball today. Yeah, Taysom Hill started again. So you draft Jalen, Hill, Jalen Hurts in the second round. If you're telling me that benching Carson Wentz, who leads the league in interceptions, who has played one of the, uh, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now, one of the worst, benching this guy – and putting in your second round rookie is an indication that you're yeah, giving the up on the season. I mean, what the, the hell does that mean? Tell you something. Like, you might as well see what you have in Jalen Hurts. Because if there's a new, I'm hoping that they just clean house the front yeah. office and coaching staff. And if there's a new court or if there's a new uh, head coach, there's a very real chance he's like, I don't want Carson Wentz to be my starting quarterback. I want to go yeah. get out someone here, someone there, yada yada yada. Like, yeah. There's a real chance Sam Darnold's available this offseason. He could say, Oh, I want to go trade for Sam Darnold, or oh, right. if they do have a top ten pick, hey, Justin Fields is on the board. I want to pick Justin Fields, you know, something like that. So you have to see if you have anything from Jalen Hurts. Because if Jalen Hurts shows you something, then you can say to the that's like your 
bargaining chip with head coaches. Like, hey, we want Jalen Hurts to be our quarterback next year. And the head coach can actually see what hurt if Hurts can play in the NFL. Yeah, and and you know if we're gonna if we try to read the tea leaves a little bit here, my read on the situation um, has always been that that Peterson is the most vulnerable of the of the big three, and the big yes, three I think Peterson is the most likely to get kicked out of the three. Yeah, the big three being Fired. Roseman, Roseman, Peterson, and Wentz. Um, if 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 you're asking me, I think Peterson's easily the most vulnerable. I don't think Lurie or Roseman trust him all that much. I, I, you know, we knew at the time they tried to get Coughlin, right? Coughlin was 2016. They tried to get Tom Coughlin. Tried to get Coughlin. Tried to get Ben, ben McAdoo, McAdoo, Adam and, Gase, um, Adam Gaze. Yeah. They tried those the everybody. Big, those are the three in front of Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. They tried to get everybody. Peterson was the last resort. They offered mm. McAdoo the job, and they offered yeah. Gase the job, and Co- actually they offered all three of the job. I Peterson think, did they offer fourth. Gase the job? I think they were going to offer Gase, but he, he never the got there. Job. Yeah, 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 that's right. He, he, he never got, got to there. Miami. Right. He never even got there. By the way, just. To take a step back, McAdoo and Gase, two of the worst head coaches in the last decade. So that, just yeah. to go, just to go show you what kind of evaluation they've had on, what kind on of coaching, head coaching right? So yeah. Mi- meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Sean McDermott, who they didn't even give an interview to, who in in their own building, is leading the Bills to like a seven and three record right now. So right, yeah. you know that's just an aside. They're very good. That's a good yeah. quarterback too. Yeah. So uh, they hire Peterson as their fourth option. They hire his staff around him for the most part. Um, in 2016, they have a fine year. They get Wentz. Things are looking good. 2017, obviously, the big Super Bowl year. That looks great. The next two years, you know, Frank Reich leaves. John DeFilippo leaves. Wentz regresses. Fine. They win a playoff game with Foles that they shouldn't have won. You know, yeah, it's but you impressive. expect their, you kind of expect their Wentz regress just because after coming an MVP yeah. year and they come up for 2018, yeah. you're like, okay. Yes, injuries, not, not that's fine. Yet, not 2018, there's a ton of excuses. 2019, sort of a bounce back year. He has an up and down year. He's okay. You know the turnovers are cut down. People, people are blaming not having any weapons, which is fair. Yep, there no weapons. No weapons. Peterson did an okay job coaching. They had no weapons. They get into the playoffs. They lose. Okay, this is where things start to go awry. Peterson tries to hold on to his staff, which was Carson Walsh and uh, Mike Rowe. In the press conference, comes out and says, "We're keeping these two guys." Comes back. We know for, from McLean's reporting that Laurie and Roseman essentially just overrode him, and were like, "We're not keeping these guys." They fire these. They, they fire two guys that Peterson had tried to keep on the roster at offensive coordinator and at and at wide receivers coach. Hire two new guys in the offensive coaching staff. They bring in a number of new names, and this was directly from Lurie, who thought the offense needed to get more creative. I don't think Peterson had a ton of input on these hires. He's still the play caller. My read on the situation is number one: Peterson doesn't really like the situation he's in. He doesn't like being here. He feels like he has no power, rightfully so. And Lurie scared to give people power after what happened to Chip. Yeah, Lurie and Roseman, or at least Lurie, has made the decision that Peterson's not that strong. And to a certain extent, I think he has tied Wentz to Peterson, or I think at least Peterson perceives his, you know, his job security as tied to Carson Wentz. So in my mind, if I'm Doug Peterson, right, if I bench Carson Wentz, that's an admission that this guy is toast. It's an admission that this was a mistake. The pick may have been a mistake. He's struggling. Although we'll get into this. It's stupid because everybody can see he's struggling and you don't need to bench him for us to know he sucks. But it's an admission that the pick is wrong and that you're likely going to get fired at the end of the year. I, you know, it's it's interesting to me because I'm Peterson. The only thing that really, unless he's confident in his job security or that Laurie believes in Carson Wentz, which is insane. 
if I'm him, the only way you save your job right now is if you bench Carson Wentz and, and Jalen Hurts has a monster, monster end of the year and you win the division. Because then you're like, okay, maybe Carson Wentz has been the problem. Nick Foles had success. Jalen Hurts had success. Maybe it really is Carson Wentz. But insofar as you're just going to keep doing the same thing, you're just going to keep losing. Wentz is going to keep being bad. And at some point, Lurie's going to pull the plug. And my my preference would be after they get blown out against Seattle on Green Bay, they pull the plug before that end of the year stretch. And they just have Deuce Daly and Jalen Hurts run it at the end of the year. And maybe they sneak into the playoffs and get some experience. But at this point, you know, what's the point? Because at the end of the year, I have, you know, I am pretty confident Jeffrey Lurie is going to going to put part ways with, with Doug Peterson. I, I, I think if you made me bet odds on it, I think there's a good shot that happens. I think Doug Peterson's gone. I think Jim Schwartz is a lock to be fired. And I Jim think Schwartz is a lock even if they keep Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Ha- Schwartz has to go. And I think, um, and just, you know, Schwartz has been fine. He hasn't been, he hasn't been anything impressive. He's been fine. Um, so I think Schwartz is gone. I think Peterson is probably gone. And I think, especially if they end the year with four wins, and I think Howie Roseman probably gets a demotion, uh, you know, like a quasi role where he doesn't have as much say or yeah. he recognizes. Here, here's that he's what I'm good. I'm going to compare this really quickly to the Sixers situation. If you're not, mm-hmm. if you don't know the Sixers, what they did this offseason, basically they got rid of their head coach, they kept their GM, but hired someone to be above their GM, who was Elton Brand, if you didn't know. And then they ha- they have star players like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So. <clears throat> In this case, Carson wants to bench him as Joel Embiid. And then you have Brett Brown. He's replaced by Doc Rivers, which I think what the Sixers will do. The fans were calling for the Brett, Brown, Brett Brown's head. Brett Brown's gone. Obviously, Brett Brown did a terrible job, just like Peterson, with play calling and whatever the basketball terms for that is. So then you fire Peterson. He's gone. You bring a new coach. And then you go out and find another GM, in a sense. And you bring him in, but you don't fire Howie, but instead you put him above Howie and he's making all the decisions instead of Howie. He's just kind of there as like the little puppet, like Jeffrey Lurie's little puppet, which he has been for the past however many years. So I think that's what the direction they should take in this. They should take the Sixers route, getting a new head coach. I wouldn't even say keep Carson Wentz because the it seems right now the Sixers will keep Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I wouldn't say... You should keep Carson Wentz. I think if you get a trade off for him, it's not a bad idea to get rid of him. Because I do think some teams, maybe the 49ers, because Garoppolo has not looked good all year and he's hurt now. But 49ers, even the Colts could be interested in Wentz. You know, Frank Reich over there, who was really good in Wentz's MVP year, it was really good. Rivers is, Rivers is toast, yeah. Yeah, Rivers is terrible. He's old. He should retire after this year. He's not a quarterback anymore. Well, actually, he's better than Wentz, but still. Um, Hopefully Frank Wright can resurrect Carson Wentz's career. They offer you a good draft pick, maybe a first round pick, second round pick, whatever you can get for Carson Wentz. You take that and you draft a quarterback. Maybe you trade for Sam Darnold because the feeling is obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Jets. So what are you going to do with Darnold? Darnold's going to get traded. Maybe you trade for Sam Darnold. Maybe you take a quarterback like Justin Fields in the draft. Maybe you go out and sign Johnny Manziel. I don't know, but you don't go with Carson Wentz. You replace Wentz. You, that's why I want them to see what Hurts can do because then you will know if you have a quarterback for next year, if you have to waste draft pick on a quarterback, if you have to waste draft picks to trade for a quarterback, or if you're going to roll out Carson Wentz again next year. Yeah, so people have talked a lot on Twitter about Carson Wentz and his contract and that how that makes him unmovable or they can't get off that contract. I, 
not a bad contract for a quarterback. Obviously, he's overpaid because he really has not been good this year, but it's not a terrible I, contract. I don't know where people are getting this idea that they can't move on from this contract. I'm pulling it up right now. Let's take a look at this. If they cut Wentz at the end of this yeah, year, yeah, that's though, different. That's, there are that's people insane. looking at their cutting. It's yeah, 33.8 million. They're 33 obviously not going to cut him. Dead cap if they cut him. Yeah. But they're not going to do that. Obviously. If they trade him after this season, his contract is all dead cap. They don't save any money. But that's, you know, that's what happens, right? Like, why would you keep this guy around and force him to start at quarterback? It, 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 it's literally so. So imagine. All right. So whatever. Let's say they make him the backup. It's not going to work. But let's say they make him the backup. Jalen Hurts starts. I, if you take the average of those two contracts, it, it's essentially as if Hurts, who's on a rookie deal, is just being paid like an average NFL starter. It's like you're, you're not taking a monstrous cap hit to get, get off of this guy. And if you trade him with a post June 1st designation and, and somebody with more cap knowledge than I, We'll have to explain this a little bit better than I am. But on on over the cap right now, if you click trade post June 1, you save $25 million in cap space. So it's not like this is like an albatross contract. And really, if you want to be coy about it, make him the backup for 2021. Jalen Hurts will start on a rookie deal. Together, they're, the average of the contracts of the quarterbacks in the room are really not that dangerous. You probably have the best backup quarterback in the league. As you, can also as add, you can also add a very good player, assuming you get a top pick yeah. instead of a yeah. quarterback. Yeah, come on. Like, are you kidding me? The two quarterbacks together are going to be making it. It's going to be a cap hit of like $38 million, which is what Dak Prescott's going to get annually, right? Like, are you kidding me? Like, make him the backup. Fine. 2022 comes around and you trade them, you save $6.7 million. Why are we treating this as if it's like an albatross contract, such a disaster? Like it's bad. It's bad. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat this. They're going to be taking millions, 20, 20 or so million dollars in dead cap, no matter what they do, if they try to get off of this contract. But it's not as if, you know, it's, it, you're going to be, this is what people don't understand. That money is not coming back to you, right? You're still paying. If he's on the roster, it's more. If he's on the roster, it's more money. You're, you're going to be paying more to have him starting at quarterback, and it's an active negative because he's not good. So would you rather have Carson Wentz on the roster in 2022 at $31 million cap it, or would you rather have him off the roster at a $24 million cap it and graph picks, right? His, his value is probably tanked a little bit. Maybe you got a second or a third from back from him. But still, I'd rather take a second-round pick, $6 million, versus Carson Wentz on the roster at $31 million and you're forcing him to play quarterback. I don't, people are really overhyping this. Obviously you don't cut him. It wouldn't work to cut him. And if you cut him, it's the same thing in 2022, you still get cap savings. So I, I yeah, no, they're not going to cut him. That shouldn't even be discussed. Yeah. So I, I really like, it's sort of crazy the way people are talking about this and, and the way they're, they're assuming this could even, you know, that, that this would work. I, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. Like, I, I there's easy ways to get off of this contract that don't tank this team for the future, especially if you if you trade it. And if you want to keep them for an extra year and make them the backup, that's fine. You'd probably have the best backup in the league. The guy's not good, but he'd probably be the best backup in the league. Right? He's better than Andy Dalton. I mean, maybe not this year, but when he's playing normal, like fine average football, he has the ability to be. And And really, if you ask me, the problem with Wentz right now is 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 you know equal parts Wentz, but a lot on Peterson. If you built an There's offense, a lot to deal with Peterson. Yeah, if you built much. an offense around the idea that Carson Wentz is not good, if he would be, you know, uh, you hear coaches all the time say how they believe Wentz is an elite quarterback and whatnot yeah. here and there. Like, yeah, Wentz isn't going to be a deciding factor in if they get a good head coach. Head coaches want to work with Wentz. Right, it's, that's not the problem. I would going to give him at least a year if they if that if they decide to do that. Here's what I would do. I would, um, I, I would, if you think back to the 
to the playoff game against Seattle last year where we had uh why am I blanking on his name McCown. right now? McCown at quarterback. He played fine. Like I like they would have won that game if once had played. Yeah, but they would have won that game. Wentz, it, McCown couldn't finish the drive. Couldn't finish the drive with touchdowns. But, He's got a bunch of field goals. But let's take a look at McCown's McCown's statistics in this game, so I can just give you a sense of what I'm saying here. McCown he also played, played on what a torn hamstring. Yeah, his like hamstring was like torn off his bone. So McCown in like three quarters, 18 for 24, 174 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, 25 quarterback QBR, 94.8 passer rating. This is an average and completely fine game. He has he had a better completion percentage than Russell. He had a 75% completion percentage, right? He didn't put up a lot of yards. It was a lot of dink and dunk, but it wasn't like he was throwing interceptions or making dangerous plays. That's what they need to do with Wentz. Just treat him like he's not a good quarterback. We see this all around the league. Players who are not good at quarterback, the offense changes. They throw quick passes. They throw screens. They don't ask their quarterback to do very much. They throw very quick passes across the middle. They throw insane deep balls to hope to draw a pass interference. They let their receivers make plays. They lean on their running backs. Peterson still builds the offense around this idea that Wentz is magical, and he's not. And when he tries to be magical, you either get a magical performance, which is sometimes you do, or you get a bunch of interceptions and a bunch of bad plays because he tries to force things, right? So I, you know, Wentz as a backup quarterback is fine. Jalen Hurts is a starter next year. And you're paying, you know, the cap hit's not great, but at the end of the day, that's because Howie Roseman built a pretty terrible roster. And and you're gonna have to spend a year with in a quasi rebuilding year with a ton of young players. You're probably gonna have to start Andre Dillard at left tackle and Jordan Mailata at right tackle, you know, or maybe just start Mailata at left tackle. You're gonna have to start Isaac Samalu at center, some undrafted random names at guard. Um, you know, it's like it, at wide receiver with Rager and Fulgum, get rid of all your old contracts, offload the two terrible contracts on the defensive line, Hargrave and, and Jackson, and like you know, I just, yeah, there's uh, there's not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, if you have any final thoughts about the future of the team, Max, we can chat about those before we quickly talk about the division. Um, no, I not a lot really. I just thoughts. think I think it was a stupid idea to bring Jason Peters back. He was terrible yeah. today. My lot of should have been starting that game. My lot of should have been starting after he saw what he did when he replaced and injured Peters a few weeks ago. He should have never came out when Peters came back. If anything, they should have pushed Peters into guard and taken out whoever's playing right guard nowadays. But no, let's start Jason Peters, 41-year-old ass, because he's been so good to the team for the past 15 years. Yeah, I get that, but he should not be starting today. It's a different yeah. story today than five years ago. It, it's, yeah, that's really all I got. Yeah, I mean, Peters is it's, – it's not even – like, the fact that they're starting Peters is It's just asinine. bad coaching decisions. Like, don't get me wrong, Wentz played terrible today, but Peterson might have outdone Wentz. Yeah, like, I mean, you, it's – You saw, you, you saw Jalen Hurst going today. What do you do? Take a guess. One read option. There yeah. we go. Like, it's, it's not even a question. Like you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's completely. Somehow we got seven yards crazy. off of that. I don't know how. It's really like, crazy to know. have to have you should know uh, to have Jason Peters in there. I mean, it's it's literally crazy. But but you know that's besides the point. The one thing I'll say about the division right now, um, and, and we look at da- we're looking on at Dallas is yeah, up Dallas by three, just scored. Which yeah. look, guys, I every I, I hate Dallas. Obviously, I hate everybody in this division. But it's a mistake to root for these teams to bottom out because. We're looking at a scenario where if the Eagles, if the Eagles make the playoffs, pick, yeah, if the Eagles make the playoffs at like four eleven and one, they get blown out, and everybody else is like four and twelve or like and they three all and get their top they're picks. all gonna they're all gonna draft top five. Like this is not a scenario where we want to happen. I am, I I am totally fine. Washington beat Cincinnati today was great news. Barely I, beat I, them. I'm hoping yeah. Washington can squeak out one more win. Look, against the Eagles week seventeen. I'm about to make a post about this, but right now the division standings are Eagles at three six and one. 
Giants at three and seven, Washington at three and seven, and Dallas yep. either at two or eight at three and seven. Mm-hmm. It, it's the these teams. It's the terrible. Eagles, it's the worst the division are, I think in oh, NFL my, history. Probably the Eagles have two winnable games left on their schedule, and it's Dallas and Washington. New York has Cincinnati, Cleveland, which is probably a tough game, and Dallas. But Washington has Dallas, Carolina, and Philadelphia, three winnable games. And Dallas has Washington, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, New York, and San Francisco. So every other team in the division has a chance to pass the Eagles. If the Eagles only beat Dallas, all uh, this, uh, which they're probably only better than Dallas at this point, if they only beat Dallas, they end up at 4-11-1. That means that either New York or Washington needs to win two of their remaining games. New York could do it with Cincinnati and Dallas. Washington could do it with Dallas and Philadelphia or Dallas and Carolina and Philadelphia. So this is totally possible for the Eagles to lose the division, which would be really big in in moving forward because if they make the playoffs at four, 11 and one, they're going to get smoked by Tampa Bay. We're going to have fewer changes than we would if we, if we didn't miss the playoffs and we're going to have a worse pick and we know how Roseman can't draft. So we're going to get Andre Dillard again at 21. Who's not going to play anything for yeah, us. No, or, you, you want one or, of these surefire prospects in the top yeah, 10. You want like yeah. a Micah Parsons. You want a Jamar chase. You want a Penny Sewell yep. or a, if they do want a quarterback, you want a Justin Fields. Let's stay away from a North Florida state quarterback. Again, I don't want Trey Lance, <laughs> but if, if, if we're just going to, for a second, just, just for a second, indulge me a little bit. Justin Jefferson, who they passed on at twenty-two, like I, they can't draft, right? I mean, it, it's really the not fact- good at drafting. You want, you want. That's the main reason they should be bringing in another person above High Roseman. Nothing for the contracts and stuff. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; Howie hasn't been good with contracts the past like year or two, but the drafting has been terrible. You want someone who knows what they're doing. If you do end up making the playoffs or whatnot, or if you have a top five pick, top 10 pick, you don't, you can't screw up a top five, 10, top 10 pick that that's what sets back your franchise even more than passing on a Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager. Cause I'm not even going to argue that the Rager pick was bad. It's the fact that Wentz hasn't been good this year. Peterson's play calling has been terrible. Rager's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. He might not be Justin Jefferson good. He's going to be good though. But you need someone who knows that, okay, Justin Jefferson is the better receiver. I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I'm going based on better overall player. Not, oh, we need speed. I'm I'm picking Rager instead. Yeah. Which is basically what the Eagles did. Yep. need a deep threat. I'm doing that. We haven't talked much about – we haven't talked much about Justin Jefferson on this podcast because we like Jalen Rager. Um but it's it's insane. It's ins- it's insane how bad they are at evaluating talent. And Justin Jefferson on the board there at twenty one. He's been a top ten receiver in the league. He might lead the league in receiving yards at the end of the year. I mean, it's just it's it's so embarrassing. So that's all I had on that. Any final thoughts, Max? We're gonna make this a, a sort of quick one. Um, no, I'm I'm gonna start throwing up some draft previews on this week throughout the week because this team's not good. Somehow I know they're gonna find a way to squeak into the playoffs and ruin all our dreams about getting a Micah Parsons or Jamar Chase. But yeah, no, I don't I don't really have much. much I don't have much. This team's either. bad. Like they got us. They got a revamp this whole offense they have to revamp this whole coaching staff they got to go through this front office and see what's staying and what's not and high roseman should be what's not yep and but and and doug peterson as well so doug peterson should definitely be gone i mean this is sort of a somber podcast i don't really know what else there is to say about this team it's, it's a lot sucks. different it's a lot different than last week's because last week's we weren't expecting a loss everyone right. expected to win right this week i expected a loss they and aren't good this is going to be the same this is going to be the same tone the next couple weeks because they're yeah, gonna speaking of speaking of uh, justin jefferson just had a 39 yard touchdown oh i mean great so and and the eagles are just going to continue to get smoked the next four weeks they're going to enter the last two games of the season at three ten and one and just a, n- a quick note for you all 
the last That's time top five pick worthy. The only people will be both probably Cincinnati, maybe. And, yeah, uh, I mean, New York the, league, Jets. the league is terrible right now. Like, I'm just taking a peek at it. Like, it's going to be really bad. But, but you know, hopefully it'll be a nice pick. And, and you know, just a quick stat for everybody. The last time the Philadelphia Eagles won four games in a season, they fired their head coach. So that was Andy Reid in 2012. That was Andy Reid's last year. Since then, they have not won fewer than seven games. So they, they were seven and nine and chips worse year. They were actually, so let's do this. 2013, 10 and six, 2014, 10 and six, 2015, seven and nine, 2016, seven and nine, 2017, 13 and three, 2018, nine and seven, 2019, nine and seven. And this year they're going to be very clearly under seven wins. So the first time they're going to win fewer than seven games since 2012. And it's likely going to be the same number, which is four or maybe even worse. So. Yeah. People should be hoping for the jets. Obviously the jets won't pass us, but people should be hoping for some Bengals wins, some Jacksonville wins, LA, the chargers are probably going to win today because they play the jets. Yep. Should so, be hoping yeah. for our division to yep. win. Honestly, like as, as much as I hate to say it, you should be hoping for that. You yeah, want a top I, five yeah. pick. You want that surefire prospect. So if Harry Roseman is here, you have less of a chance of him screwing it up. Yep. And, and, and right now the teams that are clearly, yeah. clearly worse than the Eagles, do another Falcons win. Jets, I'm Jacksonville, the, yeah. Dallas at two and seven, Chargers at two and seven, Cincinnati two seven and one, and then everybody else has three wins. Um, yeah, you know, Washington, Giants, New Washington, York, yeah. Houston, Atlanta. Atlanta, Denver, Carolina. You want, team, you want these teams to win one or two more games? Because I don't think yep. the Eagles. I think the Eagles will sneak a win against Dallas in Week 16. Then they'll be their only win for the rest of the season. Yep. Yep. These next four weeks are all losses. I guarantee that. Yep. All right, folks. Well, uh, that's all we got for you guys today. This is all we got. Please leave us reviews, reach out to us, questions, feedback, comments, anything. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Behind the Birds podcast. We will see you for another depressing podcast next week. Yep. See you, boys.